as you are uh, flying, you're flying pretty fast. It doesn't feel like you are, but whenever you kind of look down and they sort of update you, you are flying magically fast. For the new guys who are first-time airshippers, to feel like a normal ship, I would know because I've been on one before. I mean, these guys, you know. But, like, are we getting like motion sickness? Like, yeah, is it is like an ocean sort of feel? Or? Uh, it's the, the technology has come a long way since you first took an airship. So it did feel kind of rocky and bumpy back in Monday. Back then. Mm-hmm. Now Turbulence. it's really smooth. Yeah. Do we and see magical auras just going? Or is it just kind no, of like gliding? Yeah, it's just kind air. of gliding through okay. the air. And as you begin to approach um, Hyomat, you see the city from a distance first because you sort of come up next to it and then you have to sort of turn a little bit. Uh, you see a, a relatively built up city. In the past 25 years, you've you've witnessed all the cities that you've been to and that you go to begin to get taller and taller and taller. Right, We're not like full skyscraper mode yet, mm-hmm. but we are in the like... Well, I guess they're, those are skyscrapers, ten stories. The, but they're yeah, they're they're the architecture and the the, the you know the the, the magic uh, side of engineering. Buildings are getting taller and taller and taller into kind of more what we would imagine as uh, cities. And Hyomat, you see from a distance that the west half of the city, all the buildings seem to be made of like white, glistening, shining stone. And the right side of the city looks like much darker brick. And there is a clear dividing line to the point that it looks almost like two cities that uh, grew and sort of became one. But clearly each half has its own um, motif, kind of culture and aesthetic that it's retained, even though the two cities have grown into one. And the blimp flies into the kind of white glistening uh, side. And, you know, your stewards and your stewardesses, you know, they ask you how your trips were, you know, they thank you for flying in the, the blimp, which I'm sure the company has a name, but Air I Troon. didn't think of it. Airtroon. Airtroon. Air um, I got you. And uh, you end up on this uh, really beautiful city. So in the same way that the uh, Orca name, the city of like nature dedicated to Meliana, was kind of focused on nature and whatnot, and there were plants and parks and stuff like that. This has that too, but there's also this kind of combination of civilization. There's these white marble buildings. There's lots of glass and crystal and shining metal interspersed with vines growing on structures and parks in, you know, every street. The dividing of the right and left side of the road is separated by like a strip of flowers and park and garden and stuff. It's a really, really beautiful City in Brimley, in a lot of ways, it it kind of embodies part of like what you know harmony and balance is to you. Mm-hmm. This sort of like it's not about no civilization, it's not about no nature, it's about some kind of blending of these two ideas. Right. You end up the the whatchamacallit, the meeting isn't for two more days. Mm-hmm. And so uh Parasu takes you to the you know this sort of hotel. Basically, you know, a, a inn or a tavern, but you know, you're on like the tenth floor. Uh, he brings you to a place where you can sort of oversee what you might think of as like a central park that sort of divides the light and darker halves of the city. And in this, you see this big sort of uh, park with a, a river that carves straight through it. So again, you kind of get the idea that these two cities grew on two sides of the river and then built towards each other. And you notice a couple of things. The first is that the alternate side of the river, even from a distance, you see the opposite. You see dark uh, towers of black brick. You see uh, ugly gargoyles. You see iron wrought fences with spikes. This is a this kind of gothic motif. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see that up, up a ways, crossing the river is a very, very large uh, gray stone. I feel like I'm just talking to Steve because he's the only one like making any eye contact with no, me. I'm, I'm and I'm, I don't want to give him the bedroom eyes too much because he'll get excited. Right. <laughs> um, there's this big gray arched uh, stone bridge that crosses it a ways above the river. Um, and it kind of separates it. You see beyond that a gray 
uh, cathedral with many uh, spires, the roofs uh, of which look like they're uh, kind of interlaced with gold. So there's sort of like a twinkling even in the setting sun. And then above the city, you see floating a large uh, earth moat, a chunk of, of earth large enough, uh, and you're high enough that you can see that there is a, a, a keep or a castle built on top of it. There are walls protecting it, but there is this piece of land just sort of floating above the city. <laughs> it's roughly like you've been to like the palaces of the members of the 12. You've right. been to like Ezra C. Tamer's so it's, palace. It's, it's like, like that one, size. One yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Worth of it's, it's as if, you know, a royal estate was just lifted and pulled up out of the earth and is floating, gotcha. you know, above the city. And uh, so you have this, uh, this hotel that has, there's sort of like a central living room area and then two bedrooms that go off with two beds in each, which you guys can uh, use for the next couple of days as you kind of await the, uh, the meeting. And uh, yeah, so Prasu's like, all right, well, welcome to uh, Hi Omat. I, uh, if you guys have uh, never been here before, this, uh, this side of the city is pretty great. It's got music and uh, dancing and all sorts of uh, fun sort of things, but not going to lie, some of the uh, other fun things only happen on the other side of the city. But uh, yeah, well, I'll be, uh, I'll be in my tower, in the Tower of the Twelve. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, would, I would host you there, but uh, they're sort of frowning upon me having too many visitors <laughs> in any of my uh, apartments. So um, yeah, I'll meet up with you guys if you need anything. Here's my, uh, here's my sending stone, and he hands you... Another sending stone. <laughs> like I have like a collection yep. of these. <laughs> cool. And uh, you can contact me that way or any kind of message or whatever. And uh, nice. on the day of the meeting, just uh, you come to the, uh, the chantry over there and he points to this spired cathedral of gray stone and gold roofs. Just to double check, Jens is the only one coming with me because they don't have invites, right? Uh, they can or sort they, of can come? come, but then when the... Uh, you know that there is typically like sort of festivities okay, cool, that happen cool, cool. before and after the. So they could come to partake in those things, right? But then when the actual, the actual meeting and then come meeting back happens, cool, yeah. cool. Okay. Um, we don't have anything specific planned. I think Brimley would just take in like one day on like the nice side, and then one day on like okay. the fun side. Anybody else do anything? You have a couple days. Anything specific you're curious about? Um. I guess kind of the same, like look at the the nice side, like with the, all the art, music, and culture and whatnot, and then go revel in some devilry somewhere. Yeah, there's definitely like, like drinking on the one half of the city is very like, um, this one is delicious. And the other side of the city is like, yeah, I'm in it. Um, and, uh, all right. So you spend some time in both halves trying to, trying to take in the, uh, culture off topic. Uh, I feel like Windar might see Perfidulo in like passing, but it would be like so quick and he'd be like just different looking enough that he might not like think it's him until he, and he looks, turns around to like double check. He's like gone. Wait, what? What? Now I would, <laughs> I would be going like, whoa, whoa. Or would Perfidulo be like, what the hell? No. No, Perf- Perfidulo probably wouldn't acknowledge that he saw you. Like it'd be like you walk in, you see like a flash of blonde hair, you turn around to double check and he's gone. Gotcha. Before Parasu leaves, mm-hmm. uh, Korath would kind of just like grab his shoulder and be like, Parachutes! Um, oh, yeah, what's up, buddy? If I wanted to acquire that beverage you gave me. Oh, yeah. Where would I acquire such things? Oh, it's a pretty... That's uh, a... Uh, controlled substance. Uh, so I I didn't give you a beverage. I mean, you're just I just like I hate. There happened to be some in our in our area, and it was like, hey, what's that? And then you had some, right? That's the story. Worry. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not a cop. <laughs> you have to tell me if you're a cop. I know. I've I've read that. <laughs> All right, uh, but then again, I'm not great at reading. Or, I mean, I could probably find some more. And then. Okay, I I mean I just don't know. Yeah, was it was it a good time? Did you learn anything? I learned a lot. Um, what? it was what? I said, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not hiding anything. 
Oh, all right. I believe you. I could probably roll an insight check against you. I'd probably win, but I'm not going to. I trust you. Wait, what? It, am I still in the tree? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> See in between realms. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, have fun. Don't, uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And yeah, but uh, you do a lot. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, bye. And, um, oh, yeah. Shh. He, uh, he goes away. So you, you catch the city, yeah. catch some sights, catch a yeah. show, catch a show. <laughs> um, Is there a donkey involved? Maybe. <laughs> drink a little and drink a little. <laughs> I would want to check out the temple in the town. Okay. Just, you know, like look at things, see if I can find any ideas. The temple? Yeah. The chantry, you mean? The chantry. The sort of central spires? Yeah. Okay. So you, you would spend some time. So when you go to this gray bridge, it's a little bit hard for me to describe the gray bridge doesn't simply cross from one side of the city to the other. There is a kind of third branch that comes out of it and they, they're in equal angles to each other. So there's really like three ramps that all sort of meet in a central sort of plaza. One of them kind of like a kind of like that, but without one of the pieces, there's three pieces that meet together. Imagine a triangle. No, I am. But so you're saying like, like two of them are coming off the same side, though. No, they're equally they're equidistant from each other. It's like a chicken foot. So no, it's not. A, it's not oh. a chicken foot. No, but we're not. No, stop. Oh. I'm, I'm doing this again. It's a star anise. I, I, I think I might miss it. The third one uh-huh. is that connected to one of the two existing sides, or is that leading somewhere else? The third one connects to the chantry. So I want you to imagine a triangle. Okay, an equilateral triangle. And then from each of the points, the, the corners of the triangle move toward the center and they all meet in the center. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're, they're equidistant. <laughs> uh, closer. <laughs> so they, so do you understand what I'm saying now? Well, no, I got that. Oh, yeah. I just, circle. I didn't understand where that third one right. was going. So, so one is from the side of, of life as you are coming to, to, uh, this is this is known as the city of life and death, um, and so from the side of life and from the side of death, and then the third point is this sort of gray uh, cathedral structure in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and they don't let you in, Genta. If you follow this bridge and go there, um, you would find Aegis. people in sort of like mourners attire, these robes that they have these kind of dark silk cloths that cover their face. Um, and they explain to you that with the meeting coming, excuse me, with the meeting coming up, they're not taking any uh, guests, visitors, uh, worshipers in sort of preparation for the meeting. Is the meeting happening here? The meeting is happening here. They explain to you. Okay. Well, and I would just kind of look at the outside. Do you need admire. help getting back to... Uh, somewhere, grandfather. No, I appreciate the offer, but I can find my own way. Oh, good. Um, if you, if you, I'm, I'm sorry that. No, no, no. It's, it's. I, I understand. Okay. I appreciate your uh, service here. Um, as um, thank you. And I would just kind of bow. I would, uh, yeah, I would take a gold piece out, and I would just give it to. Oh, we're not supposed to... Well, take it as, as homage. I'll put it in the offering box. Yes. And then I walk away. Okay. I would be... Um, at, if I was wandering uh, around, I would probably ask people at some point. I'd be like, Excuse me. Huh? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what day is today? <laughs> Where is a, one, a barber that can handle this? And two, what is the what? It, what direction would a straight line distance on a Pegasus of about two hours travel get me to the most secluded area? They sort of just like stare back at you. Uh, well, there's a barber kind of. Uh, you, if you you make a left of this block right here. Uh, there's one, I think, up that way. As far as uh, 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 secluded, I mean, 
I don't know, take your pick, just sort of any way out of the city. If you had a, a Peggy, sis. I do. All right. <laughs> Good day. Thank you. Why did you go from like uh, Southern to sort of Australian? No, no, you said good day. You're allowed to say good day from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you say y'all. I say y'all. I use y'all all the time. I use y'all infrequently, but yes. I use it all. All, right. all wrong. And uh, so, yeah. Dollar. Do you do anything with that information? Yeah, I go to the barber and I want to get um, the beard uh, taken down quite a bit. Ooh, quite a bit? Yeah. What are we? What are we talking here? Like, like it's got, I want it this like long. Like six inches. I want it. I want it. I want it down to like the top of the chest, rather right. than like down the belly button, mid, which it is right now. Got it. So like, they they really. I want to remove a foot dang, and a half dude. Of beard. Like here. Yeah, I want to, <laughs> but I want to remove a foot and a half of beard. All right. So they they, they bring it in. They bring it in quite a bit. Anything and else I want to and 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 I and I refuse any barber that's not a dwarf. Oh. Because dwarves can handle. You're gonna, you're gonna have Maybe to. You're, you wander for a few shops. Roll it an investigation check. Right, so I, I mean, I feel like I would ask. I was, I'd feel like I had asked that. Like I've only had dwarves handle this beard before. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I mean, I'm sure the other. I'm sure an elf would do something. But I just, it's, 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 dwar- it's a dwarven beard because mm-hmm. of the belt. Mm-hmm. In, in wait, what was what this? Investigation. Investigation. Okay, so that's fourteen. Um. Yeah. I mean, with with the help of of the first, they they try to convince you to stay, and let them cut it. Um. But they don't want to argue with me. But they don't really want to argue with you. Like if you're <laughs> you're dead set on it, so they 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 point you in the direction of a of a dwarven barber of a barber that has at least one dwarf on staff, and uh, finally, <laughs> he he finishes up, and uh, it looks great, and he's like. It's not very often I get to cut uh, the beards, and uh, usually they just have me on sweeping duty, but uh, I'm glad it came out good. Thank you. It was, um, I let it get away from me. Mm. Maintenance is an important thing. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, bye. Wait, what, what, what are you doing after work? <laughs> um... I usually just hit a tavern, drink a little. What what tavern did you just go like to? One. Oh, it's uh, down the block. It was nice chatting with you. Maybe I'll um, maybe I'll be there. Oh, oh, at eight. Okay. I usually talk to my dead family. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the Tinder date goes from zero to sixty real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. It's getting toasty. I forgot that there was a window. Could have, been, could have been open this whole time. What's this dwarf's name? Dwarfy. Dwarfy? I, th- I had a feeling Classic. that was going to be it. <laughs> That's such a common dwarf name. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like a, if it wasn't, like if it wasn't Dwarfy, oh, yeah. it was Dwarfer. That's nice. I can feel it already. Feels good. I can feel it. Cooling in this yeah, room sister. tonight. That's my sister, bro. <laughs> That's not me. Gonna hang out with Dwarfy later. Okay. I miss hanging out with dwarves because dwarves are awesome. You Goliaths love dwarves. You go to that tavern, Dwarfy does not show up. You sit and wait. He stood you up. He, he stood you up. I did tell him I. You, you may, maybe, maybe you didn't go to the right tavern. It's possible. It is a new town. Um, and uh, yeah. Anybody else do anything? Nothing notable for me. Okay. I would just kind of walk around the parks. Uh, I would try to see if there are a lot of like what the homelessness situation in the city is. Okay. To see if there's like a um, lot the of The life side of the city, not too bad. There is sort of a... Um, economic difference between the two. There's definitely rich people that live on the darker side of town, um, but that's kind of where the most prevalent homelessness problem is. Also, All right. I would just like if I if I find see a lot of homeless people, I would just start buying lots of food. Okay, and just like start doing some good, giving stuff out. Nice. Cool. Oh, also, quick question. And telling them about where I am, and they can. Find a place to stay. 
in our temple. Okay. They I'm, need it. Oh, sorry. Are there well-supplied magic shops? Yes, it's the city of magic. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, fi- I figured. Um, would I be able to buy some superior healing potions or some supreme healing potions? Sure. Okay. Awesome. You just like have those already. Especially if you take the day, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I would buy uh, a potion of supreme healing and a potion of supre- superior healing. Okay. Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. I'm good. I'm cool. just spending some time on each side. The I'm flying around the city on my flying carpet. Nice. Just having a grand old time. The morning of the meeting, uh, you know, uh, Parasu leaves you a uh, a note to uh, meet him at the chantry at about nine o'clock. AM and that's pretty much all the information that you have. Okay. Yeah. Uh meet him at the entrance of the sanctuary at nine AM. Cool. Uh you see crowds of people. Oh, I'm sorry, can we back up real quick? Sure. So I would ask uh ask Brimley, so so um seeing that tomorrow is the big day, do we have any thing we want to say or to Talk about if we're given the opportunity. Um, well, I mean, you know, the whole Emmett thing is really weird. I don't want to get that taken care of. Hmm. That's really it. I noticed that this town is hurting and they have people who need help. Maybe we can provide some assistance in some way. Yeah, I mean... We can always direct some of our resources here to right, improve like the quality of life. Yeah, I don't. I know you've been busy, but I, I was trying to. I'm sure you've noticed there have been more kids around the school. Yeah. I, I did kind of start an orphanage. And, oh. Yeah. I I guess I mixed missed them like mixed in with like my kids and then yeah. Windar's kids. Yeah. It, um, um. Yeah. No, I think that should be cool. Um. I mean. I am like a multi-millionaire. So, oh, okay. let's just spend money. Oh, okay. Uh, do well, what it takes. Well, I guess we will go on our way, but I I just want to make sure we are on well, I don't want to say the same page, but I just I just want to know I want you to know I'm here to support you. Junta, at this point, I feel like honestly, I've lost a lot of my direction. So any like the moral stuff, if there's something you want to do, I support you a hundred percent. I just have a hard time, you know, coming up with that stuff myself at this point. When when you stop fearing death, a lot of things just kind of go out the window. Uh, that's fair. I I understand. Um, being uh, an old to an old total like myself. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know the crisis I had. You know, Meliana doesn't talk to me anymore. Mm. So, just kind of floating in the abyss. Mm. Well, anyway, but yeah, um, come up with a plan and we'll do it, man. I'm uh, here for you. All right, but I appreciate that. You know, brother to brother. Absolutely. <laughs> there is a crowd of people. Filling the gray bridge. This three ramped thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The, the, the crowds are forming to create a pathway so that people can still pass through kind of the, the, the side that comes up from the city of life, the side that comes up from the city of death. And then you notice that a lot of the really uh, rich looking people are hanging out in sort of this courtyard in front of the chantry. That is where uh, Parasu is waiting for you. Cool. Oh, uh, hey, hey, guys. Hey, so, uh, what's the plan here? 
Oh, you know how wizards can be about like putting on a show. So typically I don't just walk up and say, hey, I'm here for the meeting. It's kind of like a big to do. Like, what do you mean? Oh, you'll see. Don't worry. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, even, uh, you know, Kami Lao over there, he kind of wishes they wouldn't do it. And you see uh, for the first time, uh, you've heard the name mm-hmm. of this member of the 12 uh, many, many, many times. He is human. He's wearing uh, dark blue robes that are embroidered with black and white thread. Oh, which for the record, uh, the Chantry, this this cathedral that you're standing in front of, from a distance looked gray. And as you got closer to it, you noticed that the bricks are actually alternating black and white. So And so kind of moving out kind of diagonal from the center doors is this sort of striped striation mm. pattern. So as you got closer, you realize it's actually thin stripes of black and white from a distance looked gray. Um, he sort of, he has matching kind of black and white thread in the, the filigree of his um, dark blue robes and there's gold uh, thread as well. Uh, Kamila Spinell looks like he's about eight years old. He's a small child in robes. His head uh, completely shaved, uh, shaven, uh, intricate dark blue tattoo work uh, up in his head. Not, he, looks, he, looks like and he looks like he's eight. Uh, it's, it's not an arrow. Like, <laughs> hang. It's an uh, arrow? It's not an arrow. So it's an arrow. <laughs> oh, it's a peace sign. And, it's a witch uh, bomb. But he, has, he is not smiling. Um, he looks very, very serious. Mm. Um, and you know that this guy, for at least the past 25 years, has been a member of the 12. Right. So at the least, he's like, 30 at the most he's like a thousand and right. trapped in the body of an eight-year-old so he looks like a hundred-year-old man but just he's a kid right and um and uh as as parasu kind of mentions him he sort of gives a wave and he kind of just like does the the, the slightest of nods to him yeah this is neither here nor there in the last 23-ish years uh uh-huh. Would we have ever fought a purple worm? Like, would there have been one terrorizing a town somewhere and we went in and went pew, 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 pew? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Why? Don't worry about it. Okay. Great job, guys. (laughs) I'm scared now. Are you you just saying you have purple worm poison now? Are you going to polymorph me into a purple worm? I can't polymorph you into a purple worm. I'm scared. Can I? Oh, I can. You got to try harder. (laughs) Fun. Sure. Yay! No, I <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm good. All right. So, <laughs> uh, the the crowd is sort of getting antsy. Uh, just kind of waiting for this thing to start. Uh, as this parade uh, begins, uh, Prasu is sort of narrates it for you, <laughs> explaining to all of you who these people are. Okay. Oh yeah, finish them. Yeah, I I, I was like oh, I shouldn't have. Make it a mission. I mean, there's one left. Oh, sweet. (laughs) I did have five. So, the... In sort of parade fashion, there are these floats that have been... These these processions, which have been created by the various uh, dignitaries. So you know that the Magical Council, again, is made up of the eight, like, leaders of each of these schools of magic in a trune... And the two priests, the one that you are standing next to, and this little boy across the way, Kamila. And so he's not a member of the Twelve. He is a member of the Twelve. Okay. He's also a member of the Twelve. Um, okay. Which their position as priests is what grants them access into the Magic Council. It doesn't have anything to do with... Being part of the Twelve. Right. If, they, if the High Priest of Knowledge or the High Priest of Magic were not a member of the Twelve, they would still be a part of the Magic Council. So the first float comes by. It is uh, lavishly decorated uh, in white. It almost looks like it's a... There's almost like a tank motif to it. There's sort of barding and armor on it. Uh, and he narrates uh, that this is the, uh, the school of abjuration. The school itself being known as the fortress. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are... There is nobody on the float. Uh, it's being pulled by... Uh, eight white horses 
that just kind of clip-clop and pull it along. The only person standing on it is a elderly-looking uh, witch in that her, uh, you know, she's wrinkled and her hair is white, but she stands upright. Um, she's She looks older. Uh, she's wearing these kind of beautiful uh, white robes. She has a, a staff just made of pure crystal, mm-hmm. and it kind of glows white. And there's this sort of, these kind of pulses of this white aura, aura which kind of comes out and in almost like a heartbeat. Um, and people are kind of, at, you, you watch it as it comes down. Some of these, uh, uh, half of the floats come from the city of life and half of them come from the city of death. And they sort of convene and create this parade down towards you. And people you can see are like hesitant to let this, this aura hit them because like they don't necessarily know what it is. But then, like, you watch that as it's they sort of like trust it and cross into this sort of force field that it creates. You see this, like, this, this peace kind of go over their eyes. Okay. And you see, like, people take like a deep breath. Um, and as it comes, if you were to step into it, you also you feel this, this sense of like security. Like, you've, you've had these like magics from Junta and stuff put mm-hmm. on you where you just you feel confident and good. Right. And that's like what this feels like a very, very simple display, um, as you are about to see. Uh, uh, Parasu tells you that this is Rona Eadbard. Uh, she is the the Grand Madam of the Fortress. Is that one of the schools? It is the School of Abjuration. Uh, coming up behind is a, uh, a float uh, painted blue. It's sitting on a large bubble of water. This sort of like amoeba-like movement kind of carrying it aloft and on top of it is um a small little wizard and Prasu tells you oh, this is uh this is the guy you wanted to talk to this is uh abbot whitfinkel of the uh, the ash report over here you see this uh tiny wizard in sparkling blue robes you see that he has sort of a kind of like a half cape covering the uh, right side of his body. He looks like Lilifus to the facial detail. Lilifus is standing on this parade float. Wait, what is that guy's name? I would have overheard this, right? All right, this is uh, Abbott Whitfickle. No, that's not. Of the, of the Conjuration School, the Astral Port. No, that's not. And so as this That's not his name. as this bubble moves the float <laughs> well, I know that guy. <laughs> forward, he's standing alone on the float, and there are these blue flashes as these other wizards, all wearing sort of like blue colonial jackets, appear. And, and uh, Abbott Whitfickle gives this smile, and these other wizards, they, they throw out their hands, and these conjuration circles appear, and... Fae creatures and celestial beings just begin to appear in the crowd, and the crowd is applauding, and fairies are coming and flying over and booping people on the nose, and angels are spreading their, their wings, and you see people just looking up in awe. And then all of these monsters turn, and they immediately fly towards the master. And in, with just raising uh, his left hand, he just gives a snap. And in the air before you is this eight-foot-long sword made of inky black darkness, but 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 sparkling with starlight. And in this kind of waving of his hands like a conductor um, orchestrating, you know, a, 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 an orchestra, a band, this sword begins to fly around. And it doesn't really cut through the creatures. Like right before it makes contact, they vanish in blue sparkle as part of the show. And one by one, the sword cuts through all of them and then slams down in the middle of the float. And all of these surrounding wizards vanish in blue uh, in blue smoke, and the crowd bursts into applause, and then they all sort of reappear, and they take a bow. Um, and it kind of goes off to the side, and you see you know, them coming down from the float. Uh, the third is the, uh, the divination float, this kind of yellowish uh, gold um, uh, uh, float uh, being pulled by just a couple of, of, of golden uh, horses. Um, there is a large kind of like crystal orb floating in the, the center of uh, right above the float as it moves. And you can even see as it's crossing by, you can see visions of your past, people you've lost, visions of the not so recent past, 
visions of yourself achieving every desire you've ever dreamed of. There are uh, a couple of people up on the float, but Parasu says, it doesn't look like uh, Celestina Scarbit uh, is riding up there. I'm not surprised. She's kind of a kooky old bird, if I, uh, if I, <laughs> if I could say that. And, uh, and that's the School of Divination, uh, which is known as the Looking Glass. And uh, you hear this, this almost like Spanish, this, 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 this uh, flamenco-esque um, music uh, begin to arise. And, and he says, oh, this is over. And he kind of pats you on the, on the arm card. He goes, this is always a good one. This is the School of Enchantment. Uh, all right, they always put on a really, really good show. And uh, this sort of like reddish... Um, uh, cart gets pulled in front of you, and it is—it just like you—the s- the smells of these. There's these like vats of almost like incense or perfume that are just kind of pouring and filling the air with this kind of pink smoke. And there, uh, occasionally, there's just almost like um, glitter cannons that send rose petals into the air. Um, and there are these scantily clad dancers who, uh, you know, are, are waving streamers and things like that. And and up in the top is. Basically, like the half elf version of Mitt Romney, um, just this plastic smile on his face, just sort of giving the like the princess wave. Uh, and I go, hey, hey, good to see you. Oh, hey, over there. Um, and uh, but he's pure white hair though. Uh, he's very, very uh, elderly. Uh, the the school for the listeners at home is Ecole uh, Stuprum is the name of the school. The, you see the you see the Evokers Institute. Now you've seen these people before uh, at the uh, the tournament. Oh, yeah, They're wearing the these sort of uh, burnt sienna military uh, outfits with like fur and stuff, very like Durmstrang from Harry Potter. And uh, in the same kind of way, their float has these beating uh, these timpani drums, keeping this doom 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 as it goes by. You can see a couple of them um, using fire from their hands to power what you can only imagine is a is a primitive steam engine to push this thing forward. Um, and marching alongside of it are, are many many soldiers. Uh, atop it is uh, Ogan Cross, is the is the master of evocation. He's this uh, very uh, very muscular, scarred man with a bald head and these big gray mutton chops, bare-chested except for a uh, tiger-skin cloak that he wears. He's missing a leg at the knee, um, similar to Korath, but he has a mechanical uh, contraption. Uh, oh, man, that he I got uses. back my stupid foot. <laughs> and, uh, Give me one of those. And the drums kind of stop. And then they start again, and the they begin to launch lightning and fire and ice into the air that... that that, that uh, crash into each other and create almost like fireworks and these sparkles and these dazzling performances. People break into applause. It's a whole, uh, it's a whole great thing. Hullabaloo. Howdy do. The, there is a gap in the parade. And uh, Prasi tells you, yeah, this is like uh, the school of illusions kind of secretive. They're not, uh, they're not always so big on uh, revealing themselves to the public. So I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, oh, hey. And right in front of you, the float appears in front of you, invisible the whole way, just for the, um, the effect of it all. And there's a very simple, very simple purple carriage being pulled by four horses that look like they're made of outer space. This sort of purplish black, uh, purplish uh, blue, black uh, clouds with starlight. <clears throat> and uh, standing on top of it is a man. He's very rotund has a, a wonderful comb over. Uh, he's wearing, uh, his upper half is wearing a beautiful purple tuxedo. On his shoulders, like pauldrons, he has two uh, leather boots. And he has a, a kind of like a purple and white plaid uh, kilt covering the bottom. Mm. Um, and they say, he says, yeah, that's a, that's a Zero. He's a, he's a little off too. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Celestina got along quite a bit. Which for the record, there's actually eight of him standing up and they're all having conversation with each other. One is lightly spanking the rump of the other one. It's a really weird, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's clearly lost a couple of his marbles along the way. Uh, six of, uh, of these versions of him, they all begin to kind of glow purple. They all become these, these orbs of purple light that spiral up and create this shadow dragon above the crowd. And it just sort of begins to just breathe um, these like dark black, Flames, which engulf people, and they freak out in fear, and then are completely not burned. 
And like you even see like like some of the like noblemen's their eyes are just like opening like is this like should we let this happen? <laughs> and then in in the sparkle the dragon disappears and then the the one uh, Zaro shakes the hand of the remaining Zaro on the stage and he goes good show good show yes I agree good show. <laughs> Uh, How about a good proper spanking? <laughs> later, later. <laughs> and uh, uh, almost, almost at an end, the the school of necromancy. There is a black float, wobbly, being held aloft by fifty or so skeletons, <laughs> all struggling to hold the weight of this thing. And standing on top of it are only two things. The first is a plump woman in black robes, curly gray hair, and a very stereotypical witch's hat. Um, she has thick black makeup on and is smiling like a creepy grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the crowd, immediately the crowd begins to boo. Yeah, I, of course, Im- did not like Immediately that. the crowd is booing. And so she's standing up there, and then next to her, sitting down with his legs kind of draped over, is... A younger man who looks like he should be at like a rock concert. He's wearing thick, you know, pointed black boots, black pants with torn knees. He's wearing kind of a gray uh, drug rug. His black kind of swoopy hair with a streak of white, uh, gaunt eyes, and he kind of just keeps looking up at his grandmadam, whose name is uh, Creniala Rise. He keeps looking up at her like you are the most embarrassing person in the entire world because she keeps kind of winking and like blowing kisses to people, even though they're just booing her. Um, and he's just kind of got this embarrassed, right. like, oh my God. And then uh, uh, they kind of go past you. And then finally, the eighth school of magic, alphabetically, of course, um, is the elementarium. Uh, by the way, for those at home, the necromancy school is called the Dark Discipline. Uh, the elementarium, the school of transmutation, is a float with this kind of green motif that has four large mechanical, almost spider-like legs that kind of walk it uh, down the path, <clears throat> there are these suits of armor that clearly do not have heads. They are clearly empty and animated, walking alongside in sort of regal fashion. There are, are horns that are horns and instruments that are just kind of floating in the air, playing themselves. Um, and up on the top is this chunk of earth that melts into magma before coming fire, that then turns into smoke before becoming air. And it just begins shifting through the kind of main four elements. And up there on the top, you see uh, Emmett, your old, your old buddy and your old friend Emmett, uh, blonde hair, Wait, kind of a kind of a nice green, uh, a kind of a kind of like a brown suit with kind of green fixins, uh, green tie, green detailing, and stuff like that. Did we know that this was happening? Yep. And you and Brimley, you hear he puts his kind of hand up to his ear, and you hear a voice in your ear, and he says, "Hey, I'm glad you guys made it. It's been a while." Yeah. Window sends. Just come visit every once in a while. Window does a message to uh, Emmett. Wow, fancy seeing you up there, looking good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? To think they want me to like you know run a whole school of magic, you know. You guys met. I was just a bartender. For the record, he doesn't look a day over when you met him. And uh, Korath points at him, and then he says, "Emmett, why?" <laughs> and, he, and he just kind of mouths, oh, we'll, talk after. we'll talk after. I don't know how you guys do it, but it seems to work for me. Um, I can whisper really loud. <laughs> and instead of, um, instead of like this um, sort of performance, uh, the all the suits of armor become doves and they just kind of fly away. And the... Uh, the float kind of drops and the legs kind of curl in like a dead spider. Uh, and he uh, kind of gives a wave of his hand and these stairs kind of melt out of the float and he steps down. And he and all the other masters are sort of gathering over here, but he kind of runs over to you and he says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm like really glad. Uh, Prasu told me that you guys were going to, you guys are going to be here. Really quick, just for, for background, I don't know if Jeremy knows, uh, but Brimley would have told Junta at some point that he has suspicions that Emmett killed the last headmaster of the school to take over. Um, we have a couple of professors from that school at our school now because they were essentially kicked out. Um, and like the entire staff was like removed and I think a whole new staff instated. Yep. Right. Um, so there's like, a house. lot of like, I'm pretty sure that like he killed and did something. So I, I'm like suspicious of him and trying to get him like off of the school is like one of my main priorities. Mm. 
So just, okay. just so you know. Heard. Nice. Yeah. Um, but Hey! Hey! I'm, I'm really supposed to be over there, but I just wanted to say hi. I heard you're going to be in the meeting. Yeah, well, me and Gento will be in there. That's great. I've, I've sort of been keeping tabs on, on the whole organization of Harmony thing. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to keep tabs on you because I was, you know, I heard you got Headmaster, but nobody's yeah, really I, it was kind me of, much. It was kind of a crazy thing, to be honest. I mean, like, you know, like, like, like I took over because the... You know, the former headmistress, she wanted to step down after, you know, all these years. And, and there was a, a mass exodus. People were just really unhappy that, that she was going to be leaving. Yeah. Didn't, didn't think that just because uh, connections, uh, I'll say, that I'd sort of kind of run away from for a long time, that, that it was fair that I just sort of leapfrog a bunch of them. So right. one is like dominoes, you know, one fell over and the next kind of fell over. It. And I ended up having, I hired a lot of them, but you've, you've picked a couple. Up. I'm we glad they. Yeah, that's they're, no, they're that's, folks. that's great folks. though. I mean, smart. I, 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 it's, it's a shame. Honestly, I, 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 I wish I didn't have to have started over again. But um, I've done it before, right? That's transmutation is all about, right? So you gotta. Definitely. Sometimes you just need a clean slate that you can just do with it whatever it is you want. You know? Yeah, yeah I get it. So yeah. But hey, uh, I, I know they they're real jerks about like not letting you say too much when you're there. But we should we should catch up after we could like uh, we can get a drink. Right? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. right? And then you see uh you see Thonk kind of crawl up his uh, shoulder and, and he kind of beats his chest like a gorilla because he made it to the top of it. Hey! Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, we would we would I mean we we're gonna be when at whatever we can be. I unfortunately um could have maybe been participating, but I um I don't I don't really do the whole administrative thing uh, with the brotherhood so I I, I, yeah. I get that that is sort of the biggest I mean you probably agree right you run a school too like it's the paperwork that really sucks I, I mean I did the books for my parents and like their business back home so it's always been you know paperwork's the thing I'm like oh. let me dig into that I just well, know the higher ups that's they good. always say like I love the job but dealing with all the sending stones and the messages that's what really breaks the breaks it down. I do. I, I, have, I, agree. I have a collection of those now. I, I mean, agree. to be perfectly honest, I can barely read. So, well, dude. I mean, listen. We, you could, you should come by the elementarium. I mean, I mean, we're like particularly focused on transmutation, but we got a we got a group of druids that live in the uh, live on campus that they're very like yeah your vibe. They I get could, down with some druids. I mean, it's not exactly my thing, but it's adjacent. But they do. They know. They know. They know how to read. I mean, they could. You know. I mean that it's always good. I, I mean I've been I I really only been talking with my dead family, and um, it's it's been fine and all. It's been great catching up. Wow. Um, but um, I, I I mean none of them can read it all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Bar- barbarians. You know. Oh, that I mean you know who I won't blow up his spot, but that guy over there. He points to the kind of like the uh, rocks rocker guy. He's like he's like he's all about dead families. So. You know, I could I could introduce you. I mean, if uh, you know what, that would be great. I don't like to stay around people too long because you know sometimes I just I'm just paranoid that I'm just gonna hurt people. Uh, oh, okay. sorry that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Is he all right? Uh, we're he, we're going through some stuff. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me too. I don't. Yeah, whatever. Where's, I, the, where's, where's the wife and baby? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much, but school was kind of busy, stressful. It, it, uh, I don't see them very often. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, um, huh. yeah, no baby at this point, right? She's, oh, yeah. I mean, Credo's, you know, an adult. Yeah. Doing things. Yeah. Must have been nice to see him grow up. So, um, all right. Uh, sorry. That was. I didn't need to say that out loud. Um, okay. Uh, see you in there, I guess. Yeah. Cool. And he and he goes. You see, oh, he's very fragmented. He's very sort of all over the place. Uh, I know you have your sus- suspicions, but I I don't know. He just seems troubled. Yeah, but I don't know if you remember when we got back from. The Earth plane? Earth plane. Yeah. Fire? Earth plane. Earth plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another reason I want to talk to him, because he, like, he knows what I'm going through. Went off in his own direction, came back, 
Super weird, not quite, right? Well, he was looking for something, right? Yeah, I guess, but I always had, like, not so great feeling about it, so. Mm. You know, well, and then I, I've heard stories, you know, from, I mean. Like spooky ones? The headmistress didn't, like, retire. She just disappeared. So his story and, like, other people's stories don't line up. So there's there's a lot going well, on there. Right. Sounds like you need more stories to put together. I don't know anything about this, so I'm here. Why don't uh, why don't I put you on that with your silver tongue, you old fox? Oh, he's a dragonborn, Brimley. Yeah, see. Yeah. Won't you teach natural, natural? <laughs> <laughs> I am good at natural. <laughs> yeah. So they, you see that people are beginning to sort of like, sh- like, like usher people right. inside. You do see that there are other, um. Like kind of lesser yeah. organizations and schools uh, presented. There, there are some that look um, almost like the kind of like Eldritch Knight persuasion. Like they have armor and 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 runes and stuff on their armors. So there are like lesser schools of wizardry or other organizations that do uh, involve. You see that there's not really a other than the, these guys are priests. Mm-hmm. They are priests of the arcane, though. Right. So they are here, but there is no really like druids represented here or, or even like bards represented here a lot of this seems to be people who their magic is, is learned and yeah. committed to knowledge and so they sort of usher you in uh they do let you into uh a windar and Korat. they do let you into the building but you kind of get to a point where they're going to bring you bring everyone into this meeting hall and uh you're denied entry oh. uh Along with a couple of other people who that are just never happened to windar before here to uh well he's not trying to he's not trying to blow up a spot he wants to be in but he's like yeah. mm, all right well this is weird so to be honest the meeting it kind of sounds kind of nerdy just saying i mean do you want to see if we can find some oh um eh, probably fine you want to see if we can find some people and go explore i mean i i, I often explore sure oh wait a minute we don't have to stick around here, right? You guys are talking about that because they have ushered yeah. the others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let me just tell them what they see first. Sure. Hello, everyone. We'd just like to take this moment to thank our patrons for bringing this episode to you. So thank you to Austin, Caitlin, Frederick, JJ, Jordan, Justin, Kim, LA, Michael, Necroscope7, Neil, and Scott. Thank you for all your support and helping us to keep this podcast going. 